this morning we just got a tumor. You have magnified your word above all your name. And we too come, Father, this morning. And as we are in your presence in your house, we lift your word. The living word. The word which was with the Father in the beginning. The word that is God. The word that created everything. And everything is sustained by the power of his word. We lift your word, Lord. And I pray not only here, but everywhere, Lord, where your servants are standing behind the pulpit. I pray the anointing of God will rest upon every man who is preaching today. Everywhere. For only the anointing can set the captives free. I pray for an anointing over every servant, Lord. Even if he's blind like a lie, I pray he will have a prophetic word to a crying woman. Even if he has sold his soul for money like Balaam when he opens his mouth, I pray the word of God and blessings will pour out of God. God cannot be limited other than by our unbelief. I pray, Father, the hour is here. The hour is here. But God will speak. And deaf ears will hear. The hour is here. We believe. We believe, Lord. This is the hour of God's greatest move on earth. We believe, Lord. So I pray everywhere around the world, let there be an expectancy, O Lord. For your word proclaimed through your servants, the people sitting in darkness have seen a great light. And you are that light. Speak through every servant, Lord. Every servant, everywhere, Lord. That people have hope in this time of darkness. Hope that comes from above. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We go back to our promise. Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3. Okay, we will keep going back to the promise. Another 40, this is four Sundays. So that means 48 Sundays still left, including today. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Believe it. In your own context, whatever God wants to do in your life, stretch. Don't limit God. Remember, Israel limited God in spite of all he did, his works. Scripture says they saw his works, but they went astray in their hearts. They did not seek his ways. So God in his wrath swore that you will not enter into my rest. They saw his works, but they did not seek his ways. Okay? So we've seen, seen, be believing. We saw last Sunday there are times and seasons. Okay, there are times and seasons. All those seasons don't come back in a person's life. Okay, so there are times and seasons. Be aware. Open your spiritual eyes, ask God, and your ears to listen and move with God. Because these are the promises of God. The promises of God actually look impossible. Otherwise, they won't be promises of God. It would be promises of man. Okay, promises of man are possible. Promises of God almost always look impossible. The virgin shall give birth. How is that possible? 
That's what Mary also says. How is that possible? It's possible with God. Okay? Last year we were told by God on December 31st night on 2019-20, rise up and build. And the government said, sit down and keep quiet. But those who believed rose up like never before and built like never before. Because the promise and then what happened looked impossible. But with God, all things are possible. 2021 is even more bleaker. And to the church we are told, enlarge But if it is impossible with man, then it is possible with God. So the question is, how do I enlarge It may not be the same for everybody, okay? Though there will be big picture where it is same for everybody, but it will not be the same. You have your specific areas where God has put us. So this morning, let us look at a few ways in which God enlarges his people. The first thing is that we know about power. Without power, you cannot enlarge it. Right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay? Authority and power. As many as who received him, he gave them the authority to become the children of God. Authority comes from the word. If you have the word, you have authority. The more you have the word, the more authority you have. But authority without power is just sound. Power without authority is illegality. The devil has no authority, but he has power. And all who receive power from the enemy is working illegally in the sight of God. And one day they will be judged terribly by God. So there is authority and there is power. And God has given us authority when we received Jesus. We repented of both our trust in our sin to take us to hell. Or trust in our good works to take us to heaven. We put trust in nothing but Jesus alone. And we believed, we confessed and Jesus came into our lives. We were born again by the spirit of God and gave us the authority to be the sons and the daughters of God. But authority without power is still not enough. That's why Jesus told his disciples upon whom he had breathed, who were born again by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, wait until you receive power. And when you receive power, you have authority. In my name, I've given you authority, but you need power. When you have power, things will start happening. You will be the witness of the very life of Christ Jesus. You shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witness. Not that you shall be witnesses. It's not you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. You shall witness me. People will look at and say, this is not possible. How did these people become like that? That's exactly what happened when the Sanhedrin heard them. He said, these are unlearned men. How can they talk like this? Then they said, they were with Jesus, ultimately, okay? It's not like in the world, oh, he's very talented. He must have worked hard. He must have practiced so much. It's not that. When God works, people will know 
this is the work of god not the work of man okay so let us look today there is power that is a general structure the power of the holy spirit when the holy spirit comes he is the spirit of power when the holy spirit comes he gives you what power to be the witness of god but other than that other than that what else does the spirit of god do so first we will turn to first corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1 now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i do not want you to be ignorant the fact is much of the church is ignorant about so many things and they're very ignorant concerning spiritual gifts and paul says through the holy spirit now concerning spiritual gifts brethren i do not want you to be ignorant ignorance can kill you it can rob you of your destiny it can kill you it can destroy you ignorance is a killer and the biggest killer in the kingdom of god is ignorance and the devil works hard on ignorance <clears throat> praise on ignorance he builds on ignorance in hosea and chapter 4 and verse 6 god says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because of ignorance so what of who god is and the word of god the ways of god the works of god my people are destroyed enemy comes to steal to kill to how does he destroy by keeping us ignorant of god That's why everybody falls asleep when they try to read the word and wide awake when they read or watch something else. Because he wants you to keep away from one book in the world. If he can keep you from this, if he can keep you from understanding the ways of God, who God is, he succeeded. He succeeded. So understand the ways of the devil, ploy the wiles of the devil. All the knowledge in the world is not going to take you one inch closer to God. or one inch to closer to eternity anything is going to take you to closer to god and closer to eternity and closer to your destiny it is the knowledge of god that's why peter's final words are grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of god so the bible says do not be ignorant do not be ignorant here ignorant kills look at another words how terribly can ignorance kill you Look at Isaiah chapter 5 the people to whom the word was given the law was given therefore my people have gone into captivity why because they have no okay why do people go into captivity the captivity of the devil the captivity of sin the captivity of fear the captivity of all kinds of traumas why do people go into captivity because of lack of knowledge their honorable men are famished honorable men people sitting in high places honorable men have no clue what to do with this pandemic or the situation that is happening they have no clue what to do with it they are famished their multitude dried up with thirst what happens as a result look at verse 14 sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure what sheol that is hell that is a grave because people do not have knowledge what has happened people are just 
dying in their sin. People are dying in their calamities. And hell, which was originally made for the devil, is now expanding and expanding. That's only one place where construction is going on 24-7. It's expansion. When God says you enlarge, and the devil is also enlarging because people are not listening to the word of God. They are not growing in the knowledge of God. They are not overcoming. Therefore, what? Hell keeps on enlarging itself. And what happens? Their glory and their multitude and their pomp and the jubilant. The happy, the unhappy, the glorious, the unglorious. Everybody is stumbling in their tens and thousands. Thousands. Do you know in a year how many million people die? Do we know India's statistics? We don't even know. America, I know, like 2.3 million die a year. Now you can do a math on every second how many people die. Put that whole thing into the whole world. How many million die every year? How many thousands die every second? Where are they all going? We don't know. Why are they all going there? Simply one reason. Because of lack of knowledge. The same way, Paul says, do not be ignorant about spiritual gifts. We can be so gung-ho about the things of the world and absolutely ignorant of what God the Father has given us through His Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy, not gift, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's a picture in the Old Covenant where Abraham is a type of God the Father. Isaac is a type of Jesus. Rebekah is a type of the church. And Eliezer who goes to find Rebekah is a type of the Holy Spirit. And when he goes, he goes with ten camels loaded with gifts for Rebekah. Loaded with gifts. It's a picture. When the Holy Spirit When God is preparing his bride to get her for his bridegroom, Jesus Christ, he's come loaded with gifts for her. That's a picture of material gifts. For us, it's a picture of spiritual gifts. So the Bible says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. The first thing you need to note over there is it is spiritual, not physical or natural. What is the gift? It is spirit. If it was natural, everybody would be excited. If it was material, even more excited. But this is spiritual. This is spiritual. And you should be excited. If you are spiritual, born of the spirit, you should be excited. This is spiritual. This is not a physical or a natural thing. This is spiritual. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Don't be a natural man in a spiritual house. Be a spiritual man. Be a spiritual woman. Be a spiritual child of God. Because the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. These are the things of the Spirit. These are the gifts of the Spirit. So please put your natural thinking cap away. All your degrees away. Sit at the feet of Jesus Christ like Mary sat. 
Don't be busy like Martha. Could be busy in your mind. Calm down. Sit at his feet because only the spiritual can discern the spiritual. Not the natural man. Doesn't matter how smart he is. He cannot discern it. Second thing you note over there, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, you need to realize it is a gift. What is it? It's a gift. It's not a fruit. It's not a fruit. Don't confuse between the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift. It is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is spiritual. From which you get the word pneumatica. Pneumatic. Remember? Pneuma. Pneumatic. It's spiritual. Second, it is a gift. When it comes to verse 4, it says, there are diversities of gifts. But the Greek word here, gift, is not the first word. It is charisma. Meaning, charisma is grace. It comes from the grace of God. Meaning, you can't Earn it. Grace is always free. You can't earn a gift. You cannot earn it. It is free. Lord, I am fasting and praying. God says, no, it is free. The only thing you fast for and you still don't earn it is breakfast. It is still given free, though it is called breakfast. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are free. It's a gift. It's an act of God's grace. We were saved by grace. And all the gifts of God are part of the parcel. He will give it to you. We'll look at that later. Okay? These gifts are given. You don't earn it. And verse 7 But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Note this. Fundamental things. First, it is spiritual. Second, it is a gift, not a fruit. Third, you receive it by grace. You do not earn it. Fourth thing, they are given for service to profit all. It is not for self. Understand that. When God gives you a gift, It is so the rest of the body may profit from it. It is not for you. Don't be a racketeer. Okay, it's not for you. Though you may benefit from it, but it is for the profit of all. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So remember, there are two spirits operating. One is the spirit of the world. The other is the spirit of God. If you operate by the spirit of the world, you receive something else. The devil duplicates everything. It's a good duplicator. So all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he too has. But it is duplicate. It's not clean. It's not clean. It's not asleep. Please be careful. Be very, very careful. Okay? There's a spirit of the world... They're the Spirit of God. That's why when the Spirit of God gives, they are called gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what are the gifts given for? Profit of all. What are the gifts given for? For enlargement. 
Please note this carefully, especially young people and older people too. Gifts do not make you a better person or a greater person. It does not. It does not make you a better person. It does not make you a greater person. Because why? It was free. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. It was just given to you. Meaning a newborn child of God can receive it. And a person who has been in the Lord for many years because of ignorance can also receive it. So there is no criteria for receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. So be very, very careful. Another thing, please don't confuse talent with gift. Talents can be God-given or enemy-given. They are not unique to the saved. The unsaved and the saved can have talents. But spiritual gifts are not talents. Because it cannot be earned or learned. You cannot. You can learn a talent. You can. I've seen people who have no musical talents play well. You can. If you go for practice and practice and practice, you can be a good public speaker. Okay. All talents, if you put your heart and mind and resources into it, you can acquire. Most talents, you can, if you really, really. But gift is something. You can do whatever you want. You don't get it. You cannot earn it. You cannot work for it. You cannot learn it. Why? Because it is a gift. When it comes to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, everyone should manifest it. But when it comes to the gift, verse 4 says of 12, there are diversities of gifts. There are different kinds of gifts. Different kinds. Different kinds. Diversities of gifts. But the same spirit. There are different kinds of gifts. We'll look at some of today. Different kinds of gifts. And then verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You can desire, the Bible says, but he decides. He decides. Understand that. The sovereignty is in the hands of God. He will decide what you need. Why? Because the gift is for you to work out his will. You may decide something, which is okay. The Bible says desire. But ultimately, he makes the call. He makes the call. Okay? So understand the sovereignty of God in giving the gifts. He decides. Children can come and tell the father, like, no, I want this. No, I want this. Remember the old story of little Jimmy? He told his parents one month before Christmas, what do I want? I want a watch. And every dinner he used to remind, don't forget, I want a watch for Christmas. Finally, parents got so mad and told him, one more time you mention the word watch, we will see to that you don't get the watch. Poor fellow was all fidgety. He wouldn't keep saying it. He was quite, quite. And one day at dinner table, he was asked to pray. So he prayed. 
<laughs> what I tell you, I tell everyone, watch. So, children can ask, but the father decides. Okay? The father decides. And when he decides, be content. Don't compare gifts. Don't compare gifts. Because the gift doesn't make you better, smarter, greater, nothing. Does not make you. Talent does. That's how the talent is valued in the world. But the, this, the church is not a talent show. It's where the gifts of the Holy Spirit is displayed for the profit of all. And God gets the glory. Okay? A note in verse 7. Each gift, each gift is the, verse 7, yeah, is the manifestation of the same Spirit. It's a manifestation. One may have one gift, Peter may have one gift, Abigail sitting here may have another gift, but it is the manifestation of the same Spirit. So we don't devalue anybody. It's a manifestation of the same spirit. Now if you come to verse 4 to 6, you will see, technically there are nine gifts in here of the Holy Spirit listed here. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, not here, it's further down, okay? But we look. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord that is Jesus Christ. There were diversities of actives, activities, but it is the same God who works in all. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit here in order. The Spirit, the Son, and the Father. See, they have no ego issues. Father doesn't say, you have to always mention me first. He doesn't say that. Here, the Spirit is mentioned first. After that, the Son, the Father comes last. They have no issues. Okay? Remember, they work together. Everything, they work together. Also, it means all of the three are interested in giving gifts to their children. The gifts given by the Holy Spirit is seen in verses 8 to 11. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophesy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But the same and one Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Nine are mentioned here. We will study it in detail in the days to come. But because you have to recognize your gift and use it for the profit of all and you will suddenly see an enlargement taking place. You may have a gift, only thing you never recognized it. And God will bring it and show you. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 and 8, what we actually see are the gifts of the Father. And having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them to prophesy, to prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. There may be this looks the same. One could be from the spirit. The other could be from the Father. 
Now the son also gives gifts. That is in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. But that gives a more officers, he being the head of the church. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all interested in giving gifts. So you have to ask, did I get anything? When they are so eager and gung-ho in gifting their children, did I receive anything? Do I have something which I do not know about? Why is it so important, especially at a time like this? We are coming to the turning point, I believe, in church history. Nothing but the overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit with all the gifts is going to help us to do the final push before Jesus comes. There's a final harvest. Humanity has been, the church has been waiting for centuries. They know there is a final harvest. And you will see in the book of uh, Revelation, where God tells the angel, the harvest is ripe. Put your sickle. It's a huge harvest. And we believe the harvest is ripe. The time has come. We need all the power and we need all the gifts. All the power and all the gifts. Never forget, the purpose is to bring glory to God and to profit all. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4, if you look there, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. We are not looking at either. Let's get the concept. When you operate a gift, you edify yourself and you should edify others. You strengthen yourself, you should strengthen others. Understand that. And God gets the glory. You have to get these fundamentals because gifts are like toys in the hands of children. Don't run with it. So, be very, very careful. In 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 31, the Bible says, warning. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Okay. Best gifts. And any gift God gives you, it's a good gift. Okay. Earnestly desire. Doesn't say covet. Desire. Okay. The Father has all the gifts, all that you want, so you don't have to long for somebody else's. He can give you the same model. Okay. Desire the best gifts. And yet, I show you a more Excellent way. That is how chapter 12 ends. And after that is an entire discourse on love. What is it talking about? It's talking about be very careful how you exercise your gifts. Be very careful. See that you truly love God and love people. Because jealousy can kill you. Envy can kill you. Because where gifts operate in among carnal believers, jealousy comes, competition comes, and it can destroy a church. It can mess up a life. God will give you gifts, but choose the way of love. More excellent way. In love. Operate always in love. Meaning, if you see your brother operating in a gift which you do not have, be happy. 
because he is using it for the profit of all. Let me give you an example before get into it. Because jealousy killed Cain, though he murdered Abel. He was the one who was killed by his jealousy. He was jealous because his brother was accepted. It killed King Saul. That's why God, through Apostle Paul, gives you an entire chapter. An entire chapter in the middle. Chapter 12 is of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 14 is of the or working of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And chapter 13, right in the middle. One is a slice of bread, the other is a slice of bread. In between is the filling. The filling is all about love. And you would wonder, why did this chapter come? 12 should, 14 should follow 12. Why did he put, he says, you know what? 12 and 14 can destroy you if you are not held together by love. And that's one of the reasons many, many great ministries and ministers said, I don't want the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including the biggest church in Hyderabad, the Hebron church founder, Bhakt Singh said, I don't want. Sakpunan also said, no. You know why? Because they've seen gifts destroying people. But we don't have to say no. We need it even more than ever. Before, we have to see that our hearts are grounded. Grounded. I'm not saying if you don't have the gifts, you cannot be a successful minister. The Bible very clearly says John the Baptist did not do a single miracle, but he had crowds coming and getting saved and getting baptized. Okay, But beyond that, John cannot take you anywhere. Only Jesus can. And when Jesus operated, he operated in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we need it. And we need to desire for it, but see that your hearts are grounded in love. So you should always ask, what motivates you to serve? It should be love. You know, jealousy and envy can cause you to work harder. Now let me ask you, when Jesus was in Lazarus' house, who was working harder? Martha. Was she motivated by love? No. She got upset with the sister. She got upset with the Lord also. Don't you care? Yet she's working so hard. You know, people, a lot of people work hard. It's not love. It's envy. It's jealousy. It's anger. It's bitterness. I will show you I'm better than you. But the kingdom of God doesn't work that way. Kingdom of God does not work that way. It is entirely bound and based in love. It's love first. You recognize another's gift, appreciate it and enjoy it. I'll show you the difference and why it is so important to make this clear right in the beginning. First Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 to 9. There are three people here. One is David, great victory. Then there is the king, Saul, and then he's the son, Jonathan. Three people here. Look at here. And when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him, gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword, his bow and his belt. What did David, what did Jonathan recognize? Jonathan recognized the, the anointing was upon David. He knew this is the guy who is gifted. Though he is the crown prince. And this is a shepherd boy. 
As far as Jonathan is concerned, this fellow is only a shepherd boy. But at the battlefield, it has been recognized. At least Jonathan had the discernment to recognize. This is the man who is gifted. This is the man who is anointed. This is the man who is chosen. You know what he did? No jealousy. He said he loved him like his own soul. What did he do? He took off his royal robe, his bow, his belt, and he gave it to David. But look at the father. David went out whenever Saul sent him, behaved wisely. Saul set him over the men of war. He was accepted in the sight of the people, also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands, David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Finished. Finished. He should have been happy. Be very careful. Can, it can happen in a church. It can happen in a family. If I were to say, Priyanka, you, you led the worship so well, Abel shouldn't get upset. He should fall, okay. Her joy is my joy. Remember with John the Baptist? They came to incite envy in him. Do you know the one who pointed his baptizing more people? The crowds are all going to him. What did he say? A man should not receive anything other than what God gives. He should increase, I should decrease. I'm good with it was good with it. So please be careful. Get these fundamentals because I'm telling you, gifts have actually destroyed people. Because their hearts, either pride got in and they thought they are special without realizing it was a gift. That you didn't do nothing to earn it. You didn't earn it. You didn't learn it. You didn't work for it. You were nobody special. You were just like any other child of God. You got a gift and you pride got in. Or Somebody got a gift which you wanted and envy got it. So be very, very careful. Be grounded in love. So guard your heart and follow the apostle's advice. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1, he says, Pursue what? Love and desire. One is action. Desire spiritual gifts, but pursue equal with each. I mean, with all your heart pursue love and desire gifts. Lord, I want gifts. But you are pursuing love. So what are you desiring gifts for? To serve others. And you should. In a time like this, my prayer is, Lord, would you please gift the church around the world with the gifts of healings? When disease and pandemic and after a mutated virus, all this arises, what does the body of Christ need more than anything else? It needs the gift of healing, Lord. Lord, As many as possible, Lord. Give them so that you know what the church stands up tall and fearless in the midst of death and disease. And says, we are not afraid. You lay hands upon the sick, they shall be healed. We have to desire. Looking around, we have to decide, Lord, you know what? I know you have a solution. And I want to be the solution. Would you give me a gift, please? Desire. But Lord, motivate after five people have been healed, you should not start Abigail Ministries. No. Abigail Healing Ministries. Abigail, you're sitting there right in the front, okay? So I will use you as Bakra, okay? Tomorrow only you will die. Today you are alive. 
Tomorrow is your baptism. So today I can still prick your flesh. Okay? Okay. Imagine, two people got healed and she decides, now I know I'm going to start my independent ministry. That's how so many have broken away and they have been restrained and constrained and very difficult for God to speak to them anymore because it's a gift. The Bible is very clear. The calling and the gifts are irrevocable. When God gives a gift, he doesn't take it back. And I don't know any real sounding father will do that. Your child's birthday, you give the child a, a gift and the next day or next week he does something, bring your gift back. <laughs> we don't say that. We don't say that. Now, we as being evil fathers won't do that to our children. Does God do that? No. He took his spirit away from King Saul. He left the gift. He had a gift. He prophesied. As soon as the Holy Spirit came in, the beginning when he was recognized, he started prophesying. So the people said, has the son of Kish also been included among the prophets? But after the Holy Spirit left, he still prophesied. The Holy Spirit has gone. And God does not speak to him. It's the most weird thing you can think about. The Spirit of God has gone. God won't speak to this man, but he's operating a gift. Do you think there aren't people like that today? God has left. God doesn't speak to them, but they operate in a gift and crowds gather and sit under that ministry. And he has no word to give them. Just a gift that is operating. So be very careful. You don't want to end up like that. We want a gift, and we want as many gifts as he will give us. But Lord, ground my heart in the love of God. Ground my heart. Lord, make me a blessing, Lord. Make me a blessing. So please note this. The spiritual gift is not for your enjoyment. It is for your employment. It's not for your enjoyment. It is for your employment to use it. So let's go through a series, not series in the sense, steps. How do I discover my gift? Or how do I receive a gift? How do I discover my gift? Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, do not be confirmed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable, perfect will of God. We know these two words as well. What I'm saying is this. How do I receive a gift and stay operating that gift without the gift destroying me? Surrender. Samson never surrendered and the gift destroyed him. Saul did not surrender. First few years he did. After that he did not surrender. The gift destroyed him. Okay, so Lord, each day go, Lord, I surrender. Surrender. Surrender your body to serve God. Surrender your life to serve God. How did Joseph discover his gift? Because he surrendered his life in service. In his father's house, he served his brothers. In Potiphar's house, he served Potiphar and his household. In the prison, he served the prisoners. And he discovered he had a gift. How did Daniel discover his gift? He surrendered his life to God. How did David discover the gift in his life? He surrendered. And when they surrendered, God used them to serve him and serve others. So today, we will look at a, maybe three gifts. Okay, three gifts. The first two mentioned in Corinthians list and one mentioned later because they kind of go together. 
Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8. To one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. This is not intelligence. This is not the wisdom that James talks in the epistle according to James. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask of God, he gives liberally. It is not that. It is not about the wisdom he talks about in chapter 4, where there is a wisdom that comes from above, which is one peaceable, and there is a wisdom that comes from below, which is demonic. There are two kinds of wisdoms available in this world. One which is from God. When you have that wisdom, you are at peace with God, peace with man. You have another wisdom that comes from below, full of envy, jealousy, fighting, and everything, and restlessness inside. So it, the Bible is not talking, in this case, it is not talking about any of these wisdoms. This is not the wisdom. This is a supernatural gift of wisdom which God gives to you at appropriate times when you need it. You don't need this all the time. You don't need it all the time. But you will need it when the time comes. When you face a crisis. Look at how Jesus puts it across in Luke 21. Before all these things, they will lay their hands on you, persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Why? Therefore, settle in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. Settle in your hearts. I'm preparing my testimony. Oh, I'm prepared. Settle in your heart. Don't prepare. That's your intelligence. I will quote this scripture. I will quote. Settle in your heart not to meditate upon anything. Because when the time comes, you will have a supernatural gift of wisdom operating. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. It's a gift given at that appropriate time. That's what happened to Stephen. And they were shocked. Who is this dude? Where did this guy come from? We have never heard about a preacher like Stephen. And he's giving them a discourse on the Torah starting from brethren, listen. Where did he get all this from? It's a word of wisdom. It's a word of wisdom. Okay. This is a supernatural gift. This is a gift. This is not intelligence. This is a knowledge gathered from studying scripture. No. This is a gift. And somebody who is newborn in the Lord could stand up and speak and people will be shocked. Where did he get this from? It's a gift. It's a gift. The other wisdom, book of Proverbs talks about wisdom and knowledge and understanding and all. That's a different gift altogether. But this gift is a supernatural gift. And Solomon had it. Solomon asked for wisdom. That was different. He also had the gift of wisdom. You know when there was these two ladies, let us put respectable terms, two ladies who had two babies and they had a karar, eating karar. No? That first Oh, no, no, it's not an eating karar. That was in summary. Uh, uh, one turned around and her baby died. She fell on her baby, slept on her baby, and she died. But what did she do? She quietly exchanged the babies. Now the babies are brought, the case is brought before Solomon. Nobody knows what to do, how to do. With all the other wisdom Solomon has, he cannot figure out who is the mother. It's not possible. There is no DNA test in all those days. Okay. So what did he say? It's a gift of wisdom. Bring a sword. 
cut the baby into two pieces and give to two mothers. It's a word of wisdom. And immediately the real mother said, don't give it to her. And he said, that's the mother. This is not the other wisdom. Other wisdom will not give you this breakthrough. This is supernatural gift of wisdom. And there is something like that as a gift of the Holy Spirit. You, know? you see, Jesus, if you look at it, operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you come to Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1 to 3, and one of that, Pastor Vijay, prayed over the children. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, that is David's father, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, that is Jesus Christ, a very strange construction. And only you understand theology, you will understand verse 1. How can branch and the root? A rod shall come from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Meaning, the son is the father of man. Who is the son? The everlasting father. Jesus is the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of Jesus. Are you getting it? It's a very complicated sentence. If you don't understand scripture, you will wonder, how is that possible? A rod will come out of the stem and a branch will grow out of the root. So, how does this happen? Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the everlasting father. Who is Jesus? The son of David. Who is Jesse? David's father. Who is Jesse's father? Jesus. The everlasting father. Okay, you got it? That was aside free. You don't have to pay for me like we just said. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is the spirit of power. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And this is the Holy Spirit is upon him. And the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So Jesus operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit diversities of gifts. He had it all. God God can give some people everything. I believe Paul operated in all. Jesus operated in all. Okay? Think about this. How Jesus operates in this gift. Don't confuse this with the next one, which is knowledge. Okay? How Jesus operates. A woman was caught in adultery. And he brought and says, Master, we caught her in the very act of adultery. What should we do? What did he say? He is without sin. Throw the first. What do you think it is? It's a gift of wisdom. It's a gift of wisdom. Who is without sin? Throw the first stone. And nobody had an answer. And he kept playing. He was busy writing. That's the only time he wrote. He was busy writing. Right? And when he looked up, everybody's left. It's a gift. He had the exact knew what to say at that moment. It's the gift of wisdom. Okay? They came and asked him this question. They're always trying to trap Jesus Christ, right? About taxes and all that. He said, give me a coin. They gave him a coin. Whose picture is this? Caesar. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God. What do you think that it is? It's a gift of wisdom. And they had no reply. That's why Jesus said, don't resist. When I give you that gift of wisdom, they will have nothing to say back. You'll shut their mouths. Because this is a gift from the Holy Spirit. There is no answer in the natural or the demonic to this. No answer to this. No answer to this. I remember when I was a teenage kid like you. 
teenagers are there, right? No, like you. And I was attending one of the youth meetings. I heard this missionary who was uh, incarcerated in Cuba. He used to go in a plane, little planes, and they put leaflets, no, of the gospel tracks over there. But one day his uh, his uh, plane crashed, and he was arrested. So he was arrested. He was put in isolation, and one whole night he was put in a hole during winter, naked. And he was frozen, like literally in there. And the morning they pulled him out and was brought before the, the officer who was questioning him. The officer had dark glasses, okay. And he said, well, did your God keep you warm? He said, the Lord gave him exactly what to say. He said, my body is cold. My heart is on fire. Your body is warm. Your heart is cold. And he said he saw the man's hands shaking on the table. This is the word of his name. You have no answer to that. What do you answer to that? And he was released from from prison because India intervened. You know what? The team, missionary team that had sent him appealed to Indira Gandhi who was the prime minister who asked Fidel Castro and he released him. And therefore I saw him in India and he witnessing. Okay, so you need to realize, you have to believe there is a gift. When the time comes, God will give it to you. Believe, believe. Okay, you need it, he will give it to you. In Acts chapter 10, Paul receives a vision. Remember, a, a sheet comes. Full of animals. That's a favorite vision of most men I see. And the next words, they take it to heart. Kill and eat. Kill and eat. They love it. The problem with our men is that when they look into that, they only see pigs and shrimp. Crabs. They don't see anything else. (laughs) Kill and eat. Kill and eat. They see in that vision, right? But what does the vision mean? You look at verse 15. He receives a word of wisdom. And a voice spoke to him saying the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. That's a word of wisdom. Otherwise you will never understand what the vision is. Imagine verse 15 is not there in the account in Acts chapter 10. What do you understand? Nothing. You will respond exactly like Peter responded. Lord, I am a kosher eating Jew. I have never eaten anything unclean. You are telling me to eat I have never, I have never, you don't understand the vision unless you have a word of wisdom. Meaning that's why people dream dreams and then ask people, I don't understand. You need a word of wisdom to be able to understand somebody's dream. We call it interpretation of dreams, but it's actually a word of wisdom. Somebody tells you, this is your dream and God gives you the interpretation. Okay, so he receives a word of wisdom. In Acts chapter 15, you have a crisis in the church. Okay? It's because Judaizers have come in and said, every believer has to get circumcised. And Paul vehemently opposes them everywhere. But the controversy has become so big, they have to send people, Barnabas, Paul, all travel all the way to Jerusalem. The church council have gathered. The apostles are all sitting over there. They all discuss what to do. They agree with Paul and everything. Suddenly, in the middle of it, Apostle James, the head of the church, receives a word of, Wisdom. We call it revelation. He receives spirit of wisdom and revelation. He receives it. And this is what he says. With these words, the prophets agree. 
just as it is written. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Known to God from eternity are all his words. If you do not receive that word of wisdom, you will never get this words and never be able to connect it to this situation. Impossible. Impossible. But the minute he speaks it, everybody's mouth is shut in agreement. They said, Paul is right. And James has heard from the Lord. That's settled. Because it's a word of wisdom. You cannot resist it. Even in a company of apostles, the word of wisdom cannot resist it because the spirit within everyone says, that is from me. That is from me. That is the counsel of the Holy Spirit. The word of wisdom. Why am I saying this? Because we are living in extremely dangerous times where all the regimes are becoming a totalitarian, dictator kind of regimes are taking over. Even in free democracies, they're shutting down and coercing and cancelling and cutting out free speech and liberty to preach everything. At a time like this, you need the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of wisdom. You need it. You don't need it. You will not be able to come through it. You need it. <clears throat> the gift of wisdom. Now if you go to, of course, now if you go to the next one. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Now usually when we are very poor in English, wisdom and knowledge, everything is, understand, everything is the same thing for us. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom are not the same. They are not the same. Let us see. It is a supernatural information concerning a situation or an individual from the spirit of God for that situation or the person. Okay? Let me explain to you. First Samuel chapter 9 verses 15 to 17. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. You shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry has come to me. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is. This is not wisdom, this is knowledge. You've got hundred people standing over his spirit, say, that's the one. That's the one. It's a word of knowledge. It's not a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is different. Word of knowledge is different. Word of knowledge is connected to a particular situation or a particular person. God gives you a word of knowledge. And it gives you a breakthrough. You are looking for a person. You are looking for a person. In the midst of a crowd. And you don't know who that person is. Wisdom won't work. Gift of wisdom won't work. You need a gift of knowledge. And God gives you the knowledge who exactly that person is. Little later, chapter 10, verse 20 to 22. Now they are drawing lots. And when Samuel had caused all the tribe, because Samuel already knows. Okay? But the people have to accept. So they go through the Old Testament practice of <coughs> drawing lots and separating people. So the people also will know this is the man who is chosen. The prophet knows. So the people have to know. Tribes of Israel to come near. The tribe of Benjamin was chosen. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was chosen. And then Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen. But when they sought him, he could not be found. He could not be found. 
What does the Bible say? Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, has the man come here yet? And the Lord answered, there he is, hidden among the equipment. That's not wisdom, that's the word of knowledge. He said he's hiding in the baggage. At the time looking for the king, king is nowhere to be found, he's hiding. That is not a word of wisdom, that's a word of knowledge. That's a word of knowledge. You need to understand, we need to know these things. We need, and these, these things bring breakthroughs in people's life. People's life. This is the block. This is the reason. This is why you are not able to get through. This is because, you know what? That is not wisdom. That is the word of knowledge. That's the word of knowledge, which gives you your breakthrough. <clears throat> look at, I mean, we don't have to go in detail, but look at the life of Moses. You will see, whenever there was a situation, he had a word of knowledge. What to do? That's not a word of wisdom. See, okay, they were, long ago they stole my stick. Okay. Moses always had a stick with him, right? That represents the word of God. But in different situations, he had to hear from God what to do. He's got the stick. The Pharaoh is behind you. And the Red Sea is in front of you. The people are all going mad. They want to kill you. The Pharaoh wants to kill you. The people want to kill you. The water wants to kill you. What do you do? He hears as a word of knowledge. What? Lift the rod. Lift the rod. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. A little later, they come. The water is bitter. Now, if you lift the rod, will it happen? No. He has to hear a specific word of knowledge. What is that? Take a piece of wood and throw into the water. And the water has become sweet. And through it all you will see he has a word of knowledge for every situation. This is not wisdom. This is not the spirit of wisdom. This is not the gift of wisdom. This is the gift of knowledge. Understand the difference. Because sometimes when you need a word of knowledge, you may be asking for the word of wisdom. And it will not work. It happens to me all the time when people come to me for counsel. I said, you are asking for knowledge. I can give you wisdom. The knowledge you have to hear, unless God tells me, I do not know. I do not know. With my wife, it's the other way around. The word of knowledge works. Crack, it comes like that. And you know exactly that's it. And you find out your breakthrough has come through. It works. And God wants to give you all these gifts as he desires. So don't restrain or constrain the hand of God. In First Kings chapter 6, 8 to 10. This is Elisha working in that gift. Yeah, second Kings. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with his servant saying, my camp will be in such a such a place. The man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him and he was watchful there, not once or twice. Now ask me, tell me, is this wisdom or knowledge? This knowledge. It's not a word of wisdom. This word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. And immediately, the king of Israel is out of trouble. Otherwise, he would have been killed. Otherwise, he would have been defeated. Do you know that we are often defeated in so many situations in life because there is nobody to speak to us the word of knowledge. The gift. Maybe in somebody, dormant, never used. And we never hear what would have given our breakthrough. That one word would have broken through for us and we would have known, this is what I need to have done. Israel is saved in that hour. You know why? The, the king is not a right, nice king or a holy king or a righteous, but God loves his people. So he uses the prophet to tell the king, I got a word for you. 
Don't go there. You will be put in a trap. Look at John chapter 4. Very familiar portion. Verses 16 to 18. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have five husbands and the one you have is not your husband. In that you speak truly. This is not, though she calls you must be a prophet. She's, this is not prophecy. This is a word of knowledge. This is a woman he has never met in his life. The first and the last time he's meeting her. But the Holy Spirit says she's got five husbands, all divorced. She's living with the sixth one. And because he has the word of knowledge, he's able to minister to her correctly. Exactly knows what to do. This is not wisdom. Wisdom would be something else. Lord, she's pouring out all her woes and everything. Give me wisdom how to counsel her. (laughs) But this is not wisdom. This is the word of knowledge. It's like a radiologist. And the radiologist looks at the thing and says, okay, this is your problem. Got a word of knowledge. He says, you know what? And how did he get it? He, did, he didn't come with a divine super knowledge because he emptied himself of his glory, came in the form of a flesh, but he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, full of the Spirit, and he allowed the gifts to operate him as the Spirit gave him utterance. So he's caught in a situation and he's got a word of knowledge and suddenly, you know what? Because of that one word, Revival will break out in Samaria. She will run and tell everybody about him. Many will believe in him because of her testimony. And then they will come and constrain him. Stay back. And scripture says many will believe in because of his word. All because of a word of knowledge. You know how ministry can have breakthroughs. You can have breakthroughs. Imagine you have a word. Let's say Samir has a word of knowledge. And he's working in a company. And there are 15 people who are all unbelievers. And they're sitting there at their canteen having lunch or whatever. And this one, one of them starts sharing a problem. And suddenly the Holy Spirit says, this is the reason. And he says, and he looks at it. How did you know that? He says, my God told me. Your God? Your God is different. And you give an opportunity to minister. Get an opportunity to give. That's why the gifts are given for the profit of all within the body and outside to get people in. To get the people in. The gifts work. And you know what? We cut all the gifts out. Half, 90% of the church doesn't believe in gifts at all. And then the other 10%, 8% and the 10% run with the gift without the spirit. So they, people look at them and say, these people are crazy. The other people say, the gifts have ceased. And how does the church go forward? The church is caught in the back against the wall. If God has to restore, he has to do what he always did right from the beginning. He is going to restore everything back. And the church has to believe, like in the book of Acts, we take the hands off. You are Lord. Give us, Lord, all the gifts. We are willing to function. We are willing to work. In Matthew 17, verse 27, look at it. I love this. I wish we all got the word of knowledge like this. Nevertheless, this is talking about taxes. Nevertheless, lest we offend them. Go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes up first. When you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. you do you think this is wisdom? It's a word of knowledge. Do princes, do, does your master pay taxes? So Jesus asked, do princes pay or people pay? He said, people pay. Princes don't pay taxes. Anyway, he said, for the sake of righteousness, let us pay. And he usually carries no money. Okay, and Judas has probably taken the money box and gone somewhere. <laughs> so what does he do? Suddenly he has a word of knowledge. He calls Peter and says, you know what? 
somewhere wherever near water is. Go put a line and very careful, listen carefully. Not the second fish or the third fish, the first fish. Meaning you don't have to fish after that. Just one. Second fish, there will be no coin. Only the first one. Go by the word of knowledge. Be done. Get the net. Maybe you will get so many coins. You will get nothing. First fish, you pull it out. There's a coin. And the money is enough not only for me, for you. It's not only edifies me, it edifies you. It is for the profit of all. Okay? Do you see how it is working? You know, we need these gifts. We desperately need these gifts to work in the church, in the body of Christ, around the world. Can you imagine these gifts start working again? And suddenly how things will happen? People will lose their fear. People lose their panic. They start literally enlarging the kingdom of God because the gifts are starting to work. Look at another situation. John chapter 6 verse 6. We all know this is one miracle in all the four Gospels. Crowds have followed him. They have followed him for days. They are all hungry. They are in the wilderness. There is nothing to feed them. And Jesus responds. But this he said to them. Okay, look at verse 5 and 6 so that you get the context. 5 and 6. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, one second, one second. Everything is gone. Here, okay. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. How did he know what he would do? He had a gift of knowledge. There's a boy here with five loaves of bread and two fish. When he is brought over there, take it, I will multiply it. There are two things working here, okay? One is the gift of knowledge, and because you work on the first step, gift of knowledge, the gift of miracles starts working. You will see in the list given, there's something called gift of miracles. Jesus is operating in everything, but sometimes two gifts work together. Work together. A gift of knowledge, and on that is built the gift of miracles. Okay? It's working over there. You see, suddenly everything changes. He knew. How did he know? The question is, how did he know? The question is, if he knew, can I know? God says, you can. You can. You can. It will work. It will work. It has happened to me. It has happened to me. In time situations, it has happened to me. Uh, many times, when you are caught with your back against the wall, I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is exactly what you are supposed to say. Exactly what you were supposed to say. And when you said that, it happened. I told you about entering into a country without paperwork. And at this border, the border guards stop you. I mean, not stop you, they are standing there. I don't have paperwork, all the others have it. And as the car is getting close, I'm the only one sitting, I'm the one sitting in the front who looks different. I look absolutely a foreigner. Because I'm not a native of that country. And when it is coming over there, I don't have paperwork. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, Word of knowledge. When my son walked on earth, he made seeing eyes blind. He can make blind eyes see. He can make seeing eyes blind. Open your mouth and speak. So I just said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, you will not see me. And they waved me through. They didn't see me. They only saw the locals. You don't get it. You are finished that day. 
you are finished. Because you are on mission. You are finished. It happened to me two, three times. It happened to me. Where I said, Lord, he said, say it. And I said it. And I knew it was a word of knowledge. And he said it, it works. So what happened? You have a word of knowledge and you have a miracle that happens along with it. It comes together. Okay. Now, after that, you cannot say every time you say, let this ice man. It doesn't work like that. Okay. It has to be a word of knowledge from the spirit. It has to be a gift operating. Okay. Gift operating. You really have to believe. A father wants to give his children gifts. And the gifts change your life. You know, it gives you life. And it is for the profit of all. Look at another situation. Um, yeah, before you go there, think about this. Offertory is going on. Okay, Imagine a traditional service or any service. Offertory is going on. And uh, people are coming and putting in the offertory. And along that, a man comes. He's bringing a lot of money. How do you know this man said he's giving everything but has kept little sum at home and didn't bring everything? What difference does it make anyway? But the word of knowledge has come. Stop him. Stop. How did Peter know? How did Peter know? How do you know this guy hasn't brought everything? He stopped him. He said, wasn't it yours? And then yes, better stop. Stop a second. Wasn't it yours? Scripture says he fell dead. A little later his wife comes. He asks her. She also falls dead. What is operating? It's a gift operating. It's a gift operating. In Acts chapter 14, at Lystra, 8 to 10, in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed. He was looking, staring at him. And the Holy Spirit said, this guy has got faith to be healed. It's a word of knowledge. This guy got the faith to be healed. And what happens? And with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. Usually you say that nobody stands up. Unless the gift of healing working. But now the word of knowledge has come. Remember in Paul and John's, they pulled him up. In this case, it's not that. He looks at him and the word of God says, the word of knowledge comes, he's got the faith to be healed. So all you have to do is speak. Stand up! The man stood up. Okay? Understand, these things work. These things work. But when these things come, Humble yourself under the hand of God. Lord, this is just a gift. It doesn't make me anything better or greater. It doesn't make me anything. It is just a gift. Just a gift. That's the danger of it. A lot of men of God refused this because they knew themselves and they were very scared. I don't want to lose my crown. I would rather serve you without gifts than serve you with gifts. But Jesus did. That is why Pastor Vijay prayed and that is the one which keeps you in control. What is that? The gift of the spirit of the fear of God. Lord, guard my heart with the fear of God, lest I sin against you. You ask that seventh one in that list, the spirit of God, spirit of God and all the last one, the Bible says he delighted in the spirit of the fear of God. Why did he delight in that? Because of that he could use all the others Without harming himself. 
He could use all the others. But this kept him safe. If only Samson had the spirit of fear of God. Woo! What would have been the history of Samson? One thing he didn't have was that. One thing Saul did not have was that. One thing David had was that. He had the fear of God. The fear of God. We need to ask these things from God. Fear of God, we will get in another day, which is not there in this list. Now I'm skirting and we look at one more. And then when I finish, I would ask the worship team to come. Maybe we have some more time, okay? We have some more time to go. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. I'm going through the list, coming to another one, third one. Okay? To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is mentioned after the gift of prophecy. Okay? Another day I will teach you. The gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet are two different things. They are not the same. Anybody in the church can receive a gift of prophecy. does not make you a prophet. The office of the prophet is very rarely and selectively given by Jesus Christ in the body of Christ. It is an office. The gift of prophecy may be used here, but the prophet is a different office altogether. He brings correction in the church. The gift of prophecy is completely different. Anybody can have it. So you will have to see here, there is something called the spirit of discernment or the discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. It comes after prophecy. By the way, if you look at the list, it comes after prophecy. First, let me tell you what it is not. So that we know what it is. It is not character judgment. Oh, I have the spirit of discernment. That fellow is wicked. No, no. You don't have the spirit of discernment. You have an evil spirit. Okay. It is not character judgment. It is not keen observation skills. It is not the power to find faults in others. Because a lot of people masquerade with these abilities and say, I have the spirit of discernment. No, you don't have. It is a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit so that you are able to differentiate between a good spirit and an evil spirit. Remember, there are good spirits. The angels that are with God, they are all spirits. And there are angels that have fallen away from God, which are evil spirit. And you are able to discern because when Satan comes, especially when he visits a church, he comes as an angel of light. And when he has his servants, they also come as servants of light. If you don't have the spirit, you will not be able to discern. You will not be able to discern. Not be able to discern. And we need that discernment more than ever. Because for every sheep, there is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Ten wolves in sheep's clothing, or 400. That is the ratio if you look in the book of Kings and all. And you don't have the spirit of discernment. By the way, this is not working. Okay, It's okay, I can manage with this alone. Don't disturb the service, so it is okay. And also about a spiritual manifestation. Whether it is true or not you will be able to. 1 John, in chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many have gone out. 
How do you test them? How do you discern them? It is a discernment. You have this gift of discernment. God gives you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Do not despise prophecies. But test all things. Test it. Test it. Somebody could be there who has the spirit of discernment who will be able to say, doesn't sound kosher. It's not kosher. There's something wrong here. It's not kosher. What is the purpose of this gift? To identify the spirit behind the words. Is it the spirit of God? Is it the spirit of the enemy? The spirit of Christ? The spirit of the world? First Kings chapter 22, verses 21 to 23. We know this very familiar. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. Who is this? It's Micaiah. The 400 other prophets were all telling Ahab, go fight, you will win. And Micaiah, he says, what do you, what do you say, Micaiah? He says, you will win. Says, don't, don't, don't. Lie to me. He says, well, if that's what you want to hear, I will tell you. You really want to hear what I say? You will lose. How do you know? Because there's a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets. Every one of them, in unison, is controlled by the lying spirit. I'm telling you the truth. He discerned. 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 That's why you have to be very, very careful. Because people, unsurrendered people, people who have no walk with God, will run for every prophetic conference. Minute they hear a prophet is in town, they will run. And the prophet will come and speak to you according to your flesh. What you want to hear. Because you have no discernment, you don't even realize he's not speaking of God. Not speaking of God. Be very careful. Jeremiah 28, verses 10 to 17. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke of the prophet of Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people saying, Thus says the Lord, even so I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah saying, Go and tell Hananiah saying, Thus says the Lord, you have broken the yokes of wood but have made in their place yokes of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. They shall serve him. I have given him the beasts of the field also. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but you make these people trust in a lie. You see that? Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die, because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Two prophets. One is speaking a lie. The other has the spirit of discernment. The God tells him. He says, go tell him. You did not speak on my behalf. 
and the one who lies will die. Okay, so these are real things. But that does not cause you to fear. You want the real thing. You want what is true. Now look at Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 18. Again, very familiar portion. Now it happened as we went to prayer. There was a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination. The difference is that in the demonic realm, what you have is spirit of divination. The spirit of divination. You can go to astrologers, don't ever go. And if you have gone, before you get baptized, renounce us mercy from God. You know what? They can tell you. Usually most of the things, the 99% they tell you is connected with your past. Very little about your future and is all jugad. Most of the things, they first get your attention by telling you about your past. They will tell, huh, in your family, a death has taken place. And your father's this thing. Your mother's this thing. You know what? There's a divining spirit. There's a demon with whom they consult. The demon knows everything about your family. And the demon will tell them this is everything about you. And first by telling that, they get you. How did he know that? How did he know that? How? That's why the devil duplicates. But what he can really tell you is your future. But he will predict your future knowing that if you believe him, your future will be like that. You will make those choices and see that your future becomes like that. So you have to be very, very careful because there is sorcery and there is the power of the Holy Spirit. One is in religion, the other is in the house of God. And the entire world is captivated by sorcery. And sorcerers are thriving left, right and center. And they make big money and good money. And big, big leaders and political leaders fall at their feet. Understand that. And here is a man of God and a girl who had a spirit of divination, who is owned by somebody else. This is the first master mentioned in the Bible. Okay, Possessed with the spirit of divination, matters who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Let me tell you, every word she says is true. But it's not from the Holy Spirit. It's from a demonic spirit. It's from a demonic spirit. What if Paul and Silas did not have the spirit of discernment? See what happens. And this she did for many days. And Paul greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. Yeah, the spirit of discernment. He's not looking at what she's saying. That's why Bible says, test the spirits. Sometimes what you hear from a pulpit may be absolutely true, but the spirit is wrong. Spirit is wrong. Every word she said is 100% correct. But it is not the Holy Spirit. It is not the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a demonic spirit. You know what he said? Get out of her. And the spirit left. The demonic spirit left like that. What would we do? We would receive her, garland her, and put her in the eldership team of the church. She told the truth about me. This must be God. That's how sorcerers and witches found places in churches because they spoke the right thing but the spirit was not of God. So please note these things. Note these things. Okay? So I just showed you three gifts today. Ask God, Lord, give me a gift or show if I have a gift. Activate it, Lord. I want to be a blessing but prepare me, O Lord.
first ground my heart with love. Love. The church in Corinth, the problem of the church was full of gifts. But the nature of the church was this. First Corinthians chapter 3, 1 to 3. A church full of gifts. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as carnal. As to babes in. Everybody has got a gift, but you cannot teach them. They are all babies. If you go to the church in Corinth, it is a nursery full of toys. Everybody is operating in gifts. Woo! One fellow comes. Another fellow comes. Have you seen two boys playing with cards? That is the church in Corinth. Everybody has got a gift. But nobody has doctrine. Nobody has love. That's what he's talking about. That's why this entire discourse is all about. The Corinthian church, it is written. So many things are taught through the... Thank God there was a church like Corinth, so we all learned. I fed you with milk and not solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. Even now you are still not able. Imagine a church full of gifts operating. And they do not have the maturity to operate those gifts. It's a dangerous thing in the hands of babies. What does he say? For you are still carnal. Where there is envy, strife, divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? See, you are full of gifts. But look at you. Full of jealousy. Imagine Saul prophesying. Man is jealous and wants to kill David. And he's prophesying. The other fellow called Hananiah. Prophesying. All the prophets in Ahab's court prophesying. They're full of strife, full of envy, and full of divisions. Okay, full of divisions. That's why we have to be careful about it. We've been teaching for years on grounding ourselves in doctrine, grounding ourselves in the spirit of humility, spirit of meekness. Meekness is not weakness, okay? You're bold as a lion, but you're meek. And you're using the spirit gifts for the profit of all, not for personal benefit. Very, very careful. Very, very careful. You have to be, especially if you are gifted and you are young and you are in the church, go under supervision. When the one under who you are says no, it is no. When it is yes, it is yes. Jesus sent them. They did not go on their own. He sent them. And they came back and they told him what they did. And he said, don't get too excited. Don't get too excited by all this. Be glad that your name is written in the book of life. Because Judas also did all this and his name was taken out. Or was not written in the first place. And he was called a son of perdition who operated in many gifts. He could have even raised the dead. We don't know what all he did. So we have to be careful. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, the Bible says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly. But yet I show you a more excellent way. What is it? Let's look at three verses. We're not looking at it just as a warning, caution. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So when we come to tongues, you will see there are different kinds of tongues. Diversities of tongues. You could get a tongue of a human. Meaning, you don't speak Tamil. 
but suddenly God gives you the gift of Tamil and you speak, though you don't understand Tamil and everybody who hears in Tamil is edified by it or corrected by it. It's a gift of a human or it could be the other one, which is an angelic tongue. Angelic tongue. So there's a heavenly tongue and there's a human tongue. So there are two kinds of gifts of tongues you can receive. One is for personal edification and the other is for the edification of others. Okay, so I have become a, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me Nothing. And that's one of the fundamental issues of the church. People operate in gifts, but if you really get close to them, you will see they don't care. They're just superstars. You know, like Hollywood stars, you get close to them, you'll see how nasty they are, how insecure they are. You will never see two Hollywood actresses walk together because one will look better than you. They're insecure. They're mean, they're nasty. All these people who are stars, if if you want to look, look at Twitter, the kind of words they have been using for the last four years. You will look on the screen, you look like an angel. Outside the world, you talk like a demon. God says, in the kingdom of God, it should not be. There are no stars. There's only one star. Its name is Jesus Christ. And he says, when you use a gift, it's because you care. Because you care. You know, in, in colleges and all where you studied, universities studies, when you go for a program, singing competition or something, it's not because you care for the audience. You just want to show off. Show off. And that's what happened in the Corinthian church. They were showing off their gifts. And Paul has to come hard on them through the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? You operate in all these gifts. If you do not have love, you are nothing. Nothing. You are nothing. Because the, because the kingdom of God operates in love. The reason Jesus Christ came is because God so loves the world. So one of the first things you need to ask is, Lord, if you're going to enlarge in this year and you're going to gift us, you're going to gift me, Lord. First, ground my heart in love for you and love for people. First, love for God. Help me to love you with all my heart, all my strength, all my mind. God will do it. Deuteronomy 33, 6 says that he will do it. That's the first thing you need to ask from the Holy Spirit. First thing you have to ask from the Holy Spirit. You know what it says? Deuteronomy 33 and verse 6. Yeah, 30 verse, sorry, 30 verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul that you may live. That's the first thing we should ask. Lord, you know what? Circumcise, cut out of my heart everything that stops me from loving you with everything. Take it out, Lord, out of my life, out of my heart. That I really love you with all my heart, all your might, all your strength. Then gift me. Then gift me. And that's one thing you hear about Jesus and what you don't hear about the disciples when they are walking with him. With Jesus, whenever he saw people, the word of God says he had compassion on them. Well, if they were rejected in one place, they will say, shall we bring down fire? 
He says, what manner of spirit are you? What manner of spirit are you? You know, these are the things we need to be careful. And you need to, we need to ask constantly, Lord, Lord, circumcise my heart. What is that stops me from loving you with all my heart? What is that stops me from loving people the way you loved? Like I said, when everything stops and there is no prayer and there is nothing, there is still compassion. There's a woman of Nain and the whole crowd is going. Her only son is dead. She's a widow and the, the cottage crowd is going. From another side is coming Jesus and his disciples. His heart is full of compassion. He just stops. And he touches the boy who's dead, raises him up, gives to the mother and he walks away. She didn't even ask. She didn't even pray. Nobody even expected anything like that. He just stops, restores him back to life. Gives it to the mother and walks away. You know what? His heart was grounded in love and compassion for people. We need to ask for that, Lord. Lord, whatever I do for you, let it be because I love people. I'm not a star. I'm just a servant. I don't want to be a star. I just want to be a servant. And I want to serve you because there is nothing I can do to repay what you did for me. But I want to do what I can do in this lifetime. I want to serve you I want to serve the people to whom you sent me. And that was Jesus. If you look at his response, it could be a rich nobleman or a poor Samaritan woman. His response was always the same. He didn't differentiate. Compassion was for everybody. He didn't differentiate. That's the heart of God. And that's what we need to ask for. Okay. So balance. Oh, I don't have that love. Lord, leave me alone. I don't want gifts either. No, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's a God who said, I will circumcise your heart. When the Holy Spirit comes, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, circumcise my heart. Because the Bible says in Romans 2, 28-29, the heart that is circumcised by the Spirit, His praise is from God. Circumcision is not outward. Circumcision is inside. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to do this work in you on a day, day by day. That is why Bible says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Meaning every day you go to the Spirit of God and you say, Spirit of God, Lord, do this work in me. You leave me for one day, I will become like anybody else in the world. And I don't want to be. I know myself very well, Lord. Circumcise my heart today. That I love you and I love those to whom you sent. Not that I love them more than you. No. I shouldn't do that. I have to love the way you love us and the way your son loved us. One day you could be ministering to ten thousands of people. The crowds are all there. Next day early morning you are praying. The crowds have all come back. But the father says, go to another town. You leave them and you go there because you love God with all your heart, all your might, all your strength. But you love them only as you love yourself. You don't let commandment two overrule commandment number one. Not that. Then it becomes an idol. It is not Christianity. It is humanism. It is socialism. It is communism where Christ is absent. And it brings death. Because when the love of God does not constrain you and it is the love of men alone, it after some time becomes love of some men who agree with you. And the rest can be taken out. Be very, very careful. Commandment number one always goes first before you come to. Because a lot of work is done on commandment number two and there is no one there. One. And the Holy Spirit will do it for us. He will do. 
It's a daily thing. You go back, you go back because you know the nature of your heart. What is that? The heart is deceitful above all things. One thing I need to surrender every day on the altar is my heart. And Lord, baptize me, circumcise my heart and baptize me with your love that I can really, really serve you, Lord. And I can be where you want me to be there. And sometimes the whole nation is starving. The whole nation is going berserk. But all God tells Elijah is sit down there. Sit down. How long? I will tell you. What do I do? Nothing. What do I eat? It will be brought to you. Just sit down there. And you know what? He obeys God. So the people are suffering. He doesn't move. He doesn't move. And then he's, after a long time, he said, go to a widow in Samaria. You know what Jesus said? There were many widows in Israel, but the prophet was sent to a widow in Samaria. Why did he go? Because he was obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Go there and not go anywhere else. That is where commandment one comes. Come on. Always remember, saturate. Allow the Holy Spirit to saturate. You know? So this First Corinthians 14, one will say, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. What is that? So that you may edify others. It's not just the prophetic gift of foretelling the future. It's foretelling and forthtelling. The interpretation of the word of God, the preaching from the pulpit should be prophecy where you are telling forth the heart of God. This is what God is like. That way you edify others. But pursue love. So you want it? You have to desire. Psalm 63 and verse 1. 63 and verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. You have to desire for God that way. Really. And ask God. You said you would cost me. See, the one thing we don't understand is we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do things which he said he would do. He said, I will cause you to desire. I will cause you to hunger. You must be honest before God. If one person you need to be honest is before God. God, you know what? I have no hunger or thirst. Will you make me? He said, I will. But you may not like the way he does it, but he will. Your internet may go. Your TV may fall off the stand and break into a few pieces. Your wife may fight with you and bang the door and lock you out. And suddenly, Lord, what is happening? He said, you have all the time you need with me. TV is not working. Internet is gone. Wife doesn't want to talk to you. Why don't you sit and talk with me? Oh, this is what you meant. Opportunity. Desire. Desire. You have to desire for God. And he will cause you to desire for him. You know how you dis- he causes you to. I was just kidding. You know how he causes. If you were to open a fraction of your spiritual eye and to show who he is, you will desire him for the rest of your life because he is the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Do you know why we desire things? Because we like the things. You know what is the most desirable object in the entire universe? It is Jesus of Nazareth and we haven't seen him. That's why we don't desire him. Ask God, open my eyes, show me Lord who you are. Show me Lord you are. One statement from John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God who takes the sins of this world, caused the disciples who followed him to leave and go after Jesus Christ. They didn't even know who he was. Only one little thing was shown. He takes of your sins. That's enough. You're going after him. 
And after that, he started revealing himself and John's love letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Revelation. It's all about, this is the beloved of my soul. Opened his eyes. Ask God and see. Desire, Lord, I need a baptism of love more than ever before because of the lost and hurting people in the world. Lord, I need all the gifts you can give me more than ever before. I need it, Lord. Here I am. I want the worship team to come. Worship team, come. Don't forget, important words, the most important words for today. Proverbs 18 and verse 16. Proverbs 18 and verse 16. Look. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. We don't want to be before great men. We want to be before all men. But if God gives you a gift, you will be able to suddenly stretch. Stretch. Long time ago, we had an experience. I've shared this testimony before. This is a long time ago. When I was in those, in those days, young days. The lowest ranking person, no rank, the lowest in an Indian army is a sepoy. He's called a lance nayak. He's the lowest. There was a lance nayak in, posted in a place called Tawang in Arunachal Pradesh. He was from Tamil Nadu, if I'm right, and he was a believer. And he was attached as an orderly to an officer, colonel or something. And if you've been in the army and if you visited the minister that I've done for many years, so I know what they are like, he will have one small little quarter, one room, officer's bungalow. That's where he stays. His job is to go with Mamesam for shopping, bring her things, ironing, children's cricket kit and all. They join the army to serve the nation, but this is what they do. The difference was Sunday. The difference was Sunday morning. Not now. Now everything has changed. Modiji has changed everything in the Indian Army. Those days it was free. Sunday morning, his little room was a church. And there were people waiting outside. And you know what? Officers with three stars and Ashok Chakra and stars here, Major, Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel, used to kneel before him so that he would lay hands upon them and pray because he had a gift that made him stand before great men. The rest of the week he saluted them. But on Sunday morning, they knelt before him. You tell me, who's great? Who's great? That's what the word of God says. Word of God says. Romba, it was the gift that took Joseph before great men. God gave him a gift. The gift took him before great men. It expanded him, his service. First he was serving his father as a shepherd among 12 brothers. Little later, he's serving an entire huge royal household of Potiphar as the head shepherd. Service has increased. A little later, he's prince of Egypt, serving the whole of Egypt. You know, it was one gift that enlarged him. So don't be afraid. Ask God to saturate your heart with love. Love. And say, Lord, gift me. You know uniquely where you have placed me in the body of Christ. You know where I am. You know where I am going. You have ordered my footsteps, Lord. Lord, gift me. 
and guard me. Gift me and guard me. I want to serve you with all my heart, with all my abilities, with all my strength till the last day of my life. Sing, Peter. I give you the choice of the song you pick. And shall we stand? John the Baptist said, the one who comes after me, I'm not even worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals but he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What we need, O Lord, is once again a baptism of the Holy Spirit. A baptism of love. A baptism of power. A baptism of boldness. Of strength and courage. That your people will stand in the face of evil and still love the world cannot give that only you can give it for you are the God of love for God so loved the world he gave his only son circumcise our hearts O Lord that we may love you with all our heart with all our mind with all our strength And I pray, Father, that you will fill the body of Christ, not only here, everywhere where they are listening, Lord, with diversity of gifts, O Lord, that your people can go out and be a blessing to this world, O God. The hurting people, the sick people, 
those who are going crazy lord because they do not know how to handle their problems lord fill our hearts with compassion the way you walked on earth with compassion oh lord oh father for you it didn't matter whether it was a king or a leper you were always there oh lord you said i am willing i am willing make us willing people lord willing people lord make us willing people oh lord who will able to serve you to the ends of the earth oh lord gift us lord gift us lord fill our heart with love and gift us lord i'm praying for the young and the old here lord gift us we need more than ever before the gifts of the holy spirit oh lord and the fear of god to guard our heart the love of god to consume our heart touch lord touch touch i cannot lay hands on everyone but you can by faith i believe lord for those who are here and those who are watching jesus lay your hands upon your people impart a gift to those who are ready those who are hungry those who are waiting you said desire pursue the way of love and desire i pray lord everyone who desires you would give them a gift and they would recognize that gift and they would use that gift for the edification of others oh lord thank you father thank you but guard our hearts guard our hearts for our hearts are deceitful more than anything else guard our hearts lord that we love you first and you are first and you are foremost in our lives that we are not stars that we are servants We don't seek to lift ourselves we seek to lift you up always that you may draw all men to you and not to us Anoint your people anoint your children that the anointing break the yoke of everyone who's struggling today whatever it is they are struggling with it is the anointing that breaks the yoke spirit of god for you said on your first day of ministry for the spirit of the lord has anointed me to set the captives free that today be a day of deliverance for many lord deliverance from demonic spirits that hold them in bondage deliverance from sickness deliverance from drugs deliverance from alcohol deliverance from lust deliverance from anything that holds them back from knowing you walking with you serving you set the captives free lord for this purpose the son of man came that he might destroy the works of the devil set your people free lord that they may serve you with all their heart with all their mind all their strength thank you father thank you lord thank you by faith we lift up holy hands we bless your holy name we bless your holy name we bless your holy name and we declare in your house thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever in jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen.